I, I would love to see a production of Doremi where it's like a man who sells jukeboxes, but then it's also like, you know, queen music or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, Or if you've only seen your second cousin's camp performance of The Musical Adventures of Flat Stanley Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can check us out on all major podcast platforms. And we are also trying to get to 100 followers on Instagram. So check out our social media pages to help us get there. And you guys might win something for yourself once we get to 100. Ooh, yeah, tea. that's right. Ooh. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing jukebox musicals. Rachel, here we are. Amazing. Here we we are. are. Episode 30. Episode 30, guys. This is a big one. I feel like we had to do a fun, a big, broad topic for this 30th episode. (laughs) Potentially a heated topic. Potentially. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get there. But I do want to set the scene a little bit for our listeners. Oh, yeah. Tell the listeners where you are, Taylor. (laughs) So I am currently in... My wife's childhood bedroom closet. <laughs> <laughs> a new musical um, coming to stage in yes. 2024. In in it's going to be called in in the wife's closet. I guess I don't know. <laughs> oh working God. title. Working title. <laughs> <laughs> working title. So anyway, you guys will see a picture on our uh, social media of me of my little podcast mm. setup. But um, I'm currently in my in-laws' house, and I had to find a quiet space to record, and they only have two bedrooms in their house, (laughs) and um, this was the place I found. So you guys will see my little MacGyver podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm a MacGyver Always musical, MacGyver. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say that's maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, so it's super fun. My legs are going numb, but you know what? It's worth it. It's all here. We're all here for the podcast episode thirty. Yeah, yeah, and also I'm gonna just institute another, you know, a current weekly segment. Although Rachel can't comment on this one, but I have seen the most recent HSMTMTS. 
Um, so I'll just... Guys, it's only been out for two days. I missed it. <laughs> I'll just say that this was a really fun episode. They do a lot about the reality show, which is hilarious. And do you feel like you're, you're back in still? You're still in it? There were moments of this one where I was like, this script is not good. <laughs> <laughs> is not good but then there were moments they sing um what do what do you know about love from frozen love that song and so i know it's so good it made me it reminded me of of when um patty Muren and Talani did it and i was like oh so good, good. um but yeah it was, the, those moments were super fun and then the tease for the next episode was really fun too so that, that was fun. Keeping you there. They're keeping you there as a viewer. I know. So Disney Plus, dang it, you suck me back in. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we are not here to talk all about High School Musical, the musical I don't know. We could Rachel, be. We talked about it, of course, in our intro, but what are we talking about today, Rachel? Jukebox musicals. They're, oh they're a thing. They're a thing. They are. They are. And all, all honestly, like... Truly, every time I say jukebox, I'm like, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. So yeah. I just need that to be known. It doesn't sit quite right. For sure. In the the, the space. But yeah, I mean, Taylor, I can share what I read about mm-hmm. um, related to the beginnings of a jukebox musical. So I would love if that. everyone re- remembers way back when we did three episodes of history theater history you might remember that we talked about comedy in vaudeville Mm -hmm. which is which is totally not how you say it because it's uh that would be like a i think it's like comedy in vaudeville (laughs) (laughs) well scandinavian and more french yeah anyway anyway christoph apparently (laughs) Oh, can't ever get away from Frozen. So yeah, um, that basically was a space where uh, popular songs were being parodied in an opera setting, and they modified the lyrics of um, of operas into more you know popular lyrics or things mm-hmm. that were more well known. And so actually the first record we have of what we might call the beginnings of a jukebox musical is The Beggar's Opera in 1728. And it's a ballad opera, which is, you know... Wow, a long time ago. Yeah, it's a big if famous and it's what people, some of them call the original jukebox musical. Mm -hmm. So I found that really, really interesting um, that this has... This idea of parody or utilizing things that have stood the test of time and repackaging them in a modern way is such an old idea. I mean, that makes sense, but I didn't think about it because I think one of the things that you'll hear us talk about is we just feel like recently in the last 10 years, we've been overwhelmed with jukebox musicals, like to the point where I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it. Yeah, and well, Rachel, we're going to talk about that because I wrote down how many jukebox musicals of a certain point are from that point on, and it is a lot. It is yes, lot. and but so I think I think I get overwhelmed. I'm like, this is we're overdoing this, but so it is yeah. nice to have that reminder that like this has been a part of what creative theater has been since at least 1728, if not probably before. Yeah. So. 
the good old times of musical theater, 1728. Yeah. You know, those good old times. Yeah, they were performing you know, some version of Hamilton back then. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> probably the, the Scamilton version with the, with the yeah. you know, telling people about Jesus. We're just never um, going to not talk about Scamilton. No. I no, feel like it's just not. so, it's so crazy. I, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I will say, and because we, you know, I also researched a little bit as well and looking jukebox musical, the term jukebox musical, because also I'll throw that term out nowadays with people, mm-hmm. you know, with people that aren't in the theater space and they'll be like, what? <laughs> they'll be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, it's a show that has like other songs, not a mu- original music. And they're like, oh, okay. Right. And the the but the term jukebox musical the origin of the phrase really isn't you know in the research I did really isn't clear where that came from a lot of people just kind of started using it and actually the first documentation of the of the word jukebox musical um was in print uh in print was in 1962 at the description of the musical do re mi Mm. Um, but that was a musical with original music. So everyone was like, what? And it was about a man who sells jukeboxes. (laughs) That's why it was called a jukebox musical. Exactly. Yeah. A literal jukebox musical. I I would love to see a production of Do Re Mi where it's like a man who sells jukeboxes, but then it's also like, you know, queen music or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, it's like Inception, a jukebox musical within a jukebox musical. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things when you, you you know, use a jukebox, which we don't do any longer, but when you do, you're clicking a song that's already in there. Yeah, RIP that. I mean, if you go to a diner, I guess they have the the fake (laughs) ones, but you know, right? Like you, you're clicking a song that's already in there. It's already there. It's probably popular enough to be in there and it plays. The idea being that these stage musicals or these, you know, musical films are taking and playing off of those songs that already exist. And there are many ways that this folds out. So I want to talk about the different kinds of ways that that kind of trickles to create the the categories of jukebox musicals we have. But I want to say that a lot of what I looked at the first at least in my opinion, well-known jukebox musicals um, were ones that I did. I would not have thought that they were mm-hmm. like, I did not think about American in Paris and singing in the rain as jukebox musicals. Right. Right. So I found that, that interesting. So should we talk yeah. about the categories of jukebox musicals? And then we can talk about all of these, all of the ones that currently exist, the ones that have existed in our lifetime on Broadway, the ones that are coming, how we feel about it. Oh Which ones we've seen? We have a that. lot of feelings. <laughs> okay. So yeah. let's talk about the categories. Love it. There are, I, I don't really know how to break these categories down, so we're just going to do it in live time. But there are jukebox musicals where it is one artist um, and mm. the, like all the songs are from one artist. And um, the, like the storyline is built around those songs and that maybe the storyline has nothing to do with artists. So that's one, that's one option where Mama Mia is a good one of this. Right. So the storyline yep. has absolutely nothing to do with ABBA, absolutely nothing, but all of the songs 
are from that one artist and the songs are created in a structural way where there can be a story made out of them. Yeah. Other modern versions of this would be like Girl from the Northern Country or Jagged Little Pill as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then you have jukebox musicals. I want to talk about all of them, but I want to talk about the categories first. Okay. So then you have jukebox musicals where there are, there's one artist who's written all the songs and the story is about the artist. Yep. Okay. So a really good example. These, this is, this is where we'll, we'll talk more, but a good example is Carol King. Beautiful. The Carol King musical. Yep. Or Summer, the Donna Summer musical. <laughs> or MJ, the Michael Jackson musical. Or Cher. Okay, so, the or Cher, Cher the Cher show. Okay, great. Yep. So now we're all on the same page. Tina Turner, a Tina Turner musical. So we're yep. on the same page here. It's a, it's a set of songs by the artist and the stage play and the, like, the, the writing and storyline is about the artist. Is about the artist, yep. Yeah. Okay. The other, another category is a, um, like a soundtrack from a film being used in the musical stage production. So, um, they take like, so all of the songs are not necessarily from one artist. They're from the, the artist of the, the soundtrack and they use that. And now in the stage production, all of the characters are singing those songs. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Okay, is one that comes yeah. to mind. There's one other type of category, and it is a variety of songs that are popular songs that we have utilized to cre- either create a new story that has nothing to do with those songs necessarily. Those songs right. just use, you know, they're just being used, or to rewrite a narrative of an, a story that's already existed. This is a harder one to follow. But a really good example is Moulin Rouge. Is Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So those are my categories. So I also wonder, maybe we can do like a subcategory too, because as yes. you were talking, I thought of this, Please. of like something when like Spring, Bruce Springsteen did his like Broadway, mm-hmm. like concert. It, was, it wasn't a concert because it was on Broadway, but it was like kind of a concert. And apparently it had a narrative to it. It's also on Netflix if anybody wants to watch it. Springsteen yeah, you know. on, on Broadway. Um, but that was using his songs and I guess telling a story through them. So that's interesting. Um, as well i don't know anyone else that has done that though i wonder if anyone else mm-hmm. i mean i guess no like, i mean like christian chenoweth will do her stuff i d- and... i saw that but it's not necessarily a narrative right right interesting i don't know interesting. that's interesting okay so we'll put that in its own category yeah. potentially well i will say um so the kind of linchpin I guess, or turning point, I would say, in the jukebox musicals is Mamma Mia, which was in mm-hmm. 1999. Mm-hmm. And yeah. before that, I just want to tell you, before Mamma Mia, Rachel, do you know <laughs> how many jukebox musicals there were? When When is Mamma Mia? 1999? 99, yep. Um, uh, on Broadway, you mean? Or just in general? Or just in general, in, in, the, in the world. Okay, probably like somewhere between 13 and 20 so there were 14 <laughs> oh good that was close amazing host mama mia <laughs> so from 1999 <laughs> until you. now 
Do you want to guess? Over yeah, I want to under... guess. Okay. I want to guess. Okay. Over okay. under 50. Over 50. Over 50. Okay. What For sure, think? over 50. Um, between 1999 and 2022, which yeah. is where we're living yep. right now. Yeah. I, th- I, I think maybe 55. That is the incorrect answer. <laughs> oh, we, were, no. we were looking for, are you ready for this? No. 113. <laughs> 113. Jukebox <laughs> musicals. <laughs> Oh, whistle tone screaming. Mama paved the way for the jukebox musical. Um, Why? Which is Why? Because in 1989, there was a musical, Buddy, the Buddy Holly story, which yeah. actually played for a long time in the West End. It paid. It played for 12 years, 5,000 performances, and it did go to Broadway in 1990. But mm-hmm. I feel like Mamma Mia just took over in 1999. It just like became this huge sensation and then of course when the movie came out it became even bigger and then people were like well i guess people want more of this and then yeah yeah. okay let's let's break that down first of all 100 and how many 13 113 dalmatian (laughs) bucks musicals (laughs) that is just truly insane but i think let's 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 break it down because i don't know why we would need so many and here's what I don't understand, because the, tell me more, Taylor, about the breakdown of the music, the 113 musicals that have existed. Mamma Mia is one of those jukebox musicals that we, of course, all know. But this, once again, the way it is set up is there's a narrative built around right. these songs from one artist that did not exist before. This narrative did not exist before, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... And we didn't see that for a while, even afterwards. Well, so that's my question. Out of that 113, how many of those are actually musicals that were these, these are maybe the same artist and then rebuilding? Because I, I don't, I think that that's what's so interesting here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have no idea. And there's just so many. And now I feel like it's a very popular thing. Because, also because, and not that it's about, like, Stephanie J. Block pro- definitely deserved her Tony. You know, yeah, Miles Hoff, we talked about. I mean, yeah. sure, maybe he was great in it, but did the show really need to exist? Who knows? But, um, again, they keep awarding these shows, so I guess it's like okay, I guess we should just keep making more of them. I don't know. Well, and then, but let's, I mean, let's go down a list of some sort of like ones where I'm like, but these clear, I've never heard of them and they clearly failed. I would, but before we do that, I want to say probably between 1999 when Mamma Mia was on, uh, on Broadway and, in between, before I feel like things got really crazy for the jukebox musicals, um, the next big jukebox musical that I could tell you is Jersey Boys. Is Jersey Boys, right. Yeah. Which won the Tony, which won the best musical, which yeah. also I think sent a surge. Uh, but even after after Jersey Boys, there's not really a big one until, I mean, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, but then Rock of Ages a little bit. Mm, um, ages. and then Xanadu which is fun in 2007 that's, that's um, honestly crazy 
amazing. Um, but there's not really a big splash, like big popular one until Beautiful. Like, I don't know, Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I, I feel like that didn't like, that's also about one specific event too. Yeah. It's not like telling the whole lives of Elvis and, and Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash. And yeah. So I, um, I, I do want us to talk about, I want us to talk about the ones that I think frustrate us the most. And if I can speak on our behalf, I'll speak on my behalf and then I'll let you say if that's not true. That's but totally, yeah, yeah. I think that the one, the jukebox musicals that frustrate Taylor and I the most are the ones that are specifically about a artist and the story is about the artist as well. Yeah. And it's not that they're always terrible. I mean, I, I've seen a few of these. We can talk about that. And there's quite a few of them that I really enjoy. It's just like, do we need to continue the, like... Right. Do we need this trend? Is trending now, and I don't want it to be trending. I just wanted it to be an option on the plate. Like, I just want... If we had one at a time of these musicals, I think we would feel differently. But mm -hmm. simultaneously running, at one point, Beautiful, the Carol King musical, the Tina Turner musical, the Donna Summer musical, all running at the same time. Jersey Boys. So MJ and previews, like, all of that was happening at the same time. Yeah. It's it's like jukebox musical overload. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And also too, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this Rachel, but it almost seems like they're just doing it for like a cash grab a little bit. Like they're not putting that much like thought into it. I think one in recent memory and maybe maybe I'm jumping you know, jumping the gun a little bit here of talking about this, but you know, we're here. Uh, is one in re Jagged Little Pill to me seemed like one that gen gen genuinely, um, for some reason, every time I say genuinely and generally, it sounds the same. Anyway, um, <laughs> it one that genuinely speech therapy with Taylor. Oh my gosh, help me! Genuinely, genuinely seemed. Um, take a shot every time I say that. Uh, it seemed very like they spent a lot of time on it and they spent a lot of work and they, they really like truly wanted to make the best show they could rather than just displaying Alanis Morissette songs and how she wrote Jagged Little Pill. And that was something I'd, I remember when, when the show was transferring to Broadway, I watched some interviews with Alanis Morissette and she was saying that that was the reason why she allowed the musical to happen is because she said, I didn't want to do a, a, you know, a musical about her. She wanted it to be a narrative story. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to say if there is not artistry that's happening in, yeah, in that's the other. It's, it is just, I think, once again, this, if you have options, if you have options of, of shows to go to and I think the other the other thing is and um recognition from the from awards or yeah. from other things community. Yeah. I just we don't need within literally all within basically 2018 we have Escape to Margaritaville Tina Jaggy Little Pill Head Over Heels The Share Show uh Ain't Too Proud at Moulin Rouge comes to the stage and like all of those, those, I mean, obviously those are all different still playing, 
was yeah. Girl from the North Country Summer, the Donna Summer musical. I don't know if I mentioned Bad Out of Hell, the musical. So, like, you just have just, I mean, just think about how many shows yeah. are yeah. in movement at the same time during yeah. that time. That is what's crazy. It is. Yeah. I think that if these were sprinkled in over the course of time, it makes, it would make sense. And mm-hmm. it's just an overwhelming amount of, of, of things. And I think the other thing, which I'm pretty sure we, we've said before, but I get that there's a part of this that's like, okay, these are the people who have money now. These are adults. They're nostalgic for these artists. Mm-hmm. The artist isn't doing concerts. We want to know more. We want to experience a live production of what this artistry looks like. I get, I get that. And it is fun. It's a great costuming space. You have ginormous ensembles, but I'll, right. I will say the ensemble work is really hard because often the talent pool you need everyone to look the same. And, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, Tina Turner maybe is the only one where, for women, like, you you it didn't just have to be white women in the background. So there's a lot of this, like, okay, but who are you really pulling in? And, and oh, what and kind probably, of talent are you showcasing? I would say probably Summer, Donna Summer. Yes, then, that's true. And then also Ain't Too Proud um, with The Temptations as well probably had But that. it just it's just a lot yeah. of like a lot of a lot of you know that experience yeah. and I think yeah. yeah, but so I I get that there's there's Rachel, just... our listeners at home Rachel is rubbing her eyes and just trying to figure <laughs> out the words to say. We're trying I'm trying, to... I'm trying to get back that. to where I was in my brain which was saying Rachel... that I get I get that there is a space for nostalgia mm-hmm. and that they want to do this and it's fun. It is just like, can can someone spend money, spend resources, find talent for an original production too? Like, too. And I, I, I think what I like, what I do like, I will say, about Jukebox musicals are the musicals like Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so fun. Like, it's still taking popular songs that are, you don't have to, you know, worry about not knowing the songs, but then putting it even in a narrative, Moulin Rouge's narrative already existed. Like this, this is, and yet still they did such an amazing job. Mm-hmm. The way that they allowed yeah. for both those things. And I, I haven't seen Anne Juliet on stage, but I, yeah. I love the I'm music. I'm excited it's, for that. Yeah, it's it's fun music, music we know in the Romeo and Juliet story. Mm-hmm. So I like that because it is not just about the artist. And I think one last point before I continually belabor it. <laughs> it is hard to sit through a show specifically about an artist knowing the full reality of who that artist might be. Like mm-hmm. it's just very hard because I don't think most of these i don't think anyone walks through life and doesn't have any dark moments or dark sides and it is hard to figure out how to portray that in a way that's actually meaningful when you're also trying to sing hit numbers right and have big ensemble moments and so i like when we can listen to fun songs and it doesn't have to be about the artist Mm -hmm. and it can be about a story even a story we already know and I love that reimagining of of a jukebox musical. I really, I mean, that's my favorite one, version. I think. Yeah, it almost feels like to me like there's a big 
I'd say in the past 15 years in Hollywood of doing the musical biopic movie. Mm -hmm. So there was like Walk the Line with Johnny Cash and then, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and then Rocket Man. And then they're going to do do Whitney Houston. It feels like that. It feels like Broadway is just like taking uh, like they're doing the same thing. They're like trying to capitalize on this thing. And also I say it's the other way around. Oh, the other way around. That's interesting. Dare I say it? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Well, um, I mean, it's, I mean, nostalgia is like, we talked about nostalgia, but nostalgia is a big thing right now. It's kind yeah. of trendy. Nostalgia is trendy. I mean, even with like Spider-Man No Way Home, like the whole yeah. reason why that movie made almost $2 billion is because of nostalgia. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Honestly, insane. Yeah. That insane. number is insane. <laughs> Coming back to theaters uh, for a re-release on uh, September 5th or something. Everyone go see it again. Will I see it for the fourth time in theaters? Who knows? Absolutely. (laughs) Andrew Garfield, where are you at? Um, But but I will say, like, there's only... It's almost like they're kind of capitalizing on the, like, not boomer nostalgia, but, like, Gen X nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all this, like... Because, like, it's interesting. I actually saw an interview with someone that was, like, what do you think in, like, 20 years? What's gonna... What are, the, what are you know, Hollywood or Broadway? Like, what are they gonna capitalize? What's the nostalgia for, um, for now? And it's, like, they were, like, I don't know. I think it was an interview for, like, Ghostbusters or something. And they yeah, were, like, that. I don't know. What are they gonna do, like... Like Ladybird, like Lady, like like Ladybird revival, like bring back the cast of Ladybird. Like I don't know, like what. It, so a lot of it's interesting. A lot of the nostalgia that's happening right now is like from the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. um, and then you have obviously the, you know, generations before that of like Donna Summer and and all yeah. that and and Ain't Too Proud. But um, it's like capitalizing on these. It's like, you know, these producers know that people will pay will come to see it because it's songs they already know and they love so it's like oh i know you've seen beautiful but i've heard from just different podcasters i've listened to and and reviewers i've listened to that beautiful like this script of beautiful is like not that great and like it's kind of a it's kind of just like a you know, oh, what is the next song going to be? And then they sing the song, and then that crowd goes wild because it's another song they know. Like that's just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen so I've I feel like personally I've seen so many jukebox musicals in yeah. my in the amount of other musicals I've seen. So I've seen the Share Show, I've seen I've seen Donna Summer, I've seen mm. Beautiful, the Carol King musical, I've seen Escape to Margaritaville. <laughs> the best one. I've seen Moulin Rouge. I've seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So oh, that is fun. six, I believe. Yeah. I think that's all the ones I've seen. Um, Oh, I've seen Jersey Boys. Right. Okay. So seven, not all on Broadway, but seven I've seen. And out of my experience... Oh, and Mamma Mia. Oh my gosh. Okay, eight... That's so many. That is so yeah many. That is absolutely so many. And I, I don't I think, think that... I've ever seen anyone live, like in person. I think I've just yeah. seen like 
good for you or i know i've avoided well this is the other question i i i think about is okay thinking back to 2006 when uh jersey boys came on the scene i i vividly remember this tony award ceremony (laughs) for some reason but i i wonder if we knew that in 2017 and 20 between 2013 or 2015 and 2020 there were gonna be so many jukebox musicals if we would have been as excited about jersey boys Mm, right and i because what's hard is part of it is so part of what makes a artist biopic jukebox musical actually really crazy is the casting that they have to do for that main character or that artist i mean like once again stephanie j black was shared like it is actually incredible and that's the part where you're like okay that is crazy that is amazing and i want to recognize that but also i didn't this shouldn't have been in production to begin with so this is the hard part I have a problem with the productions themselves, but then when they are live, right? Like the actual artistry, most of the time of the choreography of the main artist who's singing or they're supporting and of the costuming is freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it's just hard. It's just really, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there was also that trend which they did with the Cher show where there was, like, three different actresses yeah. playing them, mm-hmm. which is also kind of a riff off Fun Home a little bit, <laughs> if you think about it. Surprise, like, yes. Um, yeah, and... I think it's because no one like, can sing Cher for an entire right. hour right. and a half, two hours. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe Stephanie J. Block could, but... Maybe. Eight times knows? a week? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, it's their jukebox musicals are a hard pill to swallow because also because the more they keep making revenue, the more they're just going to make them. And, yeah. and the more they keep winning awards, the more, they, the more they're just going to make them. But I think something like, like Anne Juliet, which is coming to Broadway, I think they, I think they're coming in the fall, right? Yeah, I think um, so. They peek, opened in the West End in 2019. Sneak a preview to our fall theater preview episode coming yeah. up. Coming up soon. Coming but, up soon. Um, I wonder if that will do well, and if it does, if we'll see a trend of something like that. Um, as well, well, I mean, Moulin Rouge has been yeah. so, so successful. That's true. Yeah, but I think that the only difference for that is that it was it was based it's based on the movie, so they really just took a lot of the ideas from the movie and put them into the show. I mean, yeah, and with popular music, songs. Right? Yeah, right. they added newer music. I know, but. Yeah. Well, but that's the whole point of a jukebox musical. That's also that's why I broke down all those categories. Right. And personally, right. if we're gonna spend money and talent doing jukebox musicals, I'd rather it be the Anne Juliet, Moulin Rouge, Mamma mm-hmm. Mia versions mm-hmm. of this. Or, yeah. you know, alternatively, which I don't think is a jukebox musical, but like I would actually I really honestly I would like to see things like SpongeBob. Right. And like Kinky Boots, where we're taking people who are famous artists or waitress, right? Or waitress, right, like, and right. We're, we're and we're allowing them to explore how they can write a song and with other artists even, and then how we can make a story 
based yeah. off of that. Even yeah, bring if, it on, even if the characters bring it on are that a little bit, else. even bring it yeah. on to that even with in the musical theater space a little bit, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I do want to chat. Well, actually, I yes. want to ask you out of all the okay. ones you've seen, I guess if we maybe maybe we'll say out of all the ones you've seen that are just the artist okay. life. Do you have a favorite out of all of those? Mm-hmm. So that so would be Cher. Beautiful. That would be Cher, beautiful. Jersey Boys. Summer. Uh, right? Summer. Yeah. yeah. This doesn't it count Escaped Margaritaville because that's actually not right. about Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> um, my favorite... I, I feel like my favorite was the Cher show and... I'm saying that also, it's probably the most recent one I've seen. So there's a bit of that. Um, But the costuming was why, first of all, my friend and I won tickets to the show. So that just already sets the stage. So wait, that's my favorite part about this. I have seen all of those, those, those few besides Jersey Boy. So I've seen Donna Summer, uh, The Share Show, and uh, Beautiful. The only reason I saw them is because I entered the lottery and won. So crazy. So I want to say that that on Broadway. So that's why I've seen those. And I think that that also helps me feel not let down by Mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, oh, I paid $20 to be here. So it's fine. The moral Um, of the story is if you ever go to New York with Rachel, do the lottery with her and you will win. (laughs) Um, So we, yeah, we won tickets to the share show. We ended up being like right in like this uh, house, right? orchestra section so we were so close to stephanie j block and i think that that <laughs> definitely, yeah that not quite but eh, that yeah. definitely played into Absolutely. how much yeah. i loved that one and the co- i once again can just not express to you the costuming in the share show specifically was out of control yeah oh i'm sure i mean that's her whole that was her whole brand for a little bit too yeah. i mean yeah yeah yeah. So fascinating. Well, I do want to read off just I want to I want to kind of go through some shows that maybe people don't remember or know about great. that are as popular maybe. That sounds great. Um listen, The Boy from Oz is so it's such an interesting oh, one. Oh my gosh. Um based on the life of Peter Allen originally on Broadway played by Hugh Jackman. Um it also had Stephanie J Block <laughs> played Liza Minnelli. Oh, yes. And then um, Isabel Keating played Judy Garland. It's amazing. So I think that's that's so cool that I'm sure that was a very interesting show. And it was big at the time. I mean, Hugh Jackman hosted the Tony Awards that year. I'm sure eventually we'll get to this show. Um, And then also won the Tony that year. So that's pretty cool uh, as well. Uh, Let's see. I mean, we already kind of briefly, briefly talked about Xanadu, but... Roller skates on a, on on stage. That's so fun. It's like it's like R.I.P. Also Olivia Newton John. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, so fun. Uh, and then we we have uh, the one I really wanted to shout out is just the uh, I Dreamed a Dream, the Susan Boyle musical. <laughs> oh, which is so funny. Uh, I would throw back to that. For those that don't know, Susan Boyle auditioned for Max Scott Talent, and then did she win? Or do, did she have a Britain Scott Talent? Now that I'm British Scott, yeah. Wait, I'm gonna look it up. 
Who knows? Who knows? But the fact not that her being the second Susan that comes up when I put Susan in there. The fact that they made an entire musical around her is just crazy. It's so oh crazy. Gosh. The Susan she... Boyle musical. Uh, rose to fame in 2009 after appearing as the contestant on the third series of Britain's Got Talent. Wow. And this yeah. show was was created in 2012, so it wasn't even that far af- long after. It's like, honestly, they really, they were just like, insane. we're doing this. This is a train that'll keep on moving. Oh um, another one I want to shout out is a show called Holler If You Hear Me. Um, which is the, it's a Tupac musical. Um, it all, it had, um, Christopher Jackson in the original Broadway cast. That is crazy. I did not know this was, I, I mean, I, it's funny because I know that Motown and Bullets Over Broadway were happening at the same time. Yep. But that's amazing. Yeah, it didn't last very long. It, 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 it played, um, 17 previews and 38 performances. Mm -hmm. Um, opened on June 2nd, closed on July 20th. Um, So it wasn't a very long run. Um, But it had some really interesting um, people. It had Christopher Jackson, like I said, and and Tanya Pinkins from um, Original Carolina Change, um, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. And that's probably just one. I wonder if we'll see a revival of that in like 15 years or something like that. That's what the nostalgia will be. True, true. Um, let's see. And then ones that are coming up, listen, they're do- apparently this year they're doing an Osmonds musical. So, uh, all about Donnie and Marie. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> You're here for it? <laughs> I'm here for, listen, well, I don't know. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I, I need to, lo- I need to be educated about the Osmonds, I guess. So hilarious i um, i think it's so funny that we have a what's new pussycat which is a tom yeah. jones musical yeah. what yeah. shout out to the to the john mulaney bit about what's new pussycat <laughs> yeah any any uh any shows you want to shout out here rachel oh my gosh i don't know how to shout out these shows um <laughs> I no, I really, I just don't. I yep. think you all need to look it up. You need to look up a list yeah. of these yeah. between 1999 and 2022. The 113 jukebox musicals that exist. Crazy. And crazy. yeah, it's they were really pumping it. them out. It was like a factory. It's like a factory. It, yeah. Yes. It is a factory. And well, maybe so that's why we don't like it. Yeah. My final question for you, Rachel, is Is there a artist or someone uh, or maybe a, I guess a storyline would be difficult to come up with right now. But is there an artist you would like to see be used in a, in a jukebox musical? Hmm, this is a good question. I know you have an answer. I do. I do you want to go first? Well, I think Ed Sheeran's music would lo- would be lended very well to a mm-hmm. narrative storyline so i hope that mm-hmm. happens someday um i think i'm a huge fan of lisa mcalpine if people don't know mm-hmm. she's a mm-hmm. wonderful wonderful indie artist and um i think she would do better at writing her own, something like waitress or like writing her own because she writes such great original music yeah um, 
So that would be interesting. But I also wouldn't be surprised if in like 10 years we get like a Taylor Swift musical or <laughs> or we get like a, I don't know, like a Eminem, like an 8 Mile biopic, like musical, mm. I don't know, like an Eminem. Like, like I'm, so, I'm almost surprised they haven't even turned 8 Mile into a musical. Like Or Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah. Or NSYNC, that would be interesting. Yeah, we'll do the, or Jonas Brothers, that would be fun. I'd see that. Mm. See, this is how they get you, nostalgia. I do love Jonas Brothers, but I have seen them live already, so maybe maybe I don't need to, but I'd see a whole show know. of all the boys, you know, all the brothers getting married at, at different times. Uh, a whole song about their purity rings, I'd totally see that. <laughs> we gotta throw some camp rock in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm crying. Um, I don't really know, Taylor. The first person who comes to mind is Sarah Bareilles, but she's already mm. written a musical, so that's right. harder. Um, well, in Little know. Voice, that show, Little Voice, Little Voice or Little Voices, Little I think Voices? I've referenced it before on Apple. It's kind of like her life in a way Mm -hmm. kind of yeah it's an over dramatization right yeah i don't i don't really know i don't know this is a very hard question that's okay i can i also can see and i'm I'm sure we're probably only because taylor swift is alive and is not letting it happen the fact that there's not a not a broadway musical about her yeah Yeah. like i'm i can only imagine how often it has been pitched yeah yeah so for sure. Yeah. We'll see it. We'll, we'll probably see it in our lifetime. Uh, probably. Sure. Yeah. Well, I hope this was a fun episode for everyone. <laughs> it's such a range. It's such a range. Such a range. I yeah. hope that we didn't tell you you should never see a jukebox musical. Yeah. You know, go see it if you win a $25 ticket. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, if yeah. you like that artist, you should go see it. Or if you yeah. just haven't been to the theater in a while, it's a good time. Yeah. That's true. We just, you know, everything has its place in timing. Although, what would I, what would I pay to see like a middle school production of like, oh, like beautiful? <laughs> Can you oh, imagine? Wait, yeah. like, um, or Jersey One Boys? Love, the Bob Marley musical, Junior Kids Edition. <laughs> Jersey Boys Junior, like I would see that in a heartbeat. I would totally little oh, little Frankie Valleys. Oh, amazing! I can't. I truly can't. The head over heels, kids camp with the yeah. Go Go's. Oh yeah. my gosh! No, that's uh, that's what we need. That's Milan Milan Rouge Junior. <laughs> oh my god! Literally, what can they do? They can't do any of it. Uh, I don't know. Not allowed to do because... any of it. Uh, well, thank you, Rachel, uh, for having this thanks, jukebox Tay. jukebox discussion. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I hope everyone turns this off and goes and listens to their favorite jukebox musical. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. So this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, how have we been feeling? What are our vibes? And what theater character has the same one? Mm-hmm. What are 
are the vibes. Vibes. We also, vibes with a Z. We also would love to hear from your characters and also, you know, your thoughts on the Jukebox musical. Who knows? We have many. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week. You may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, how about, are you ready to hear about my character? I am indeed. So as I as we prefaced at the beginning of the episode, I'm currently in a closet. <laughs> will I ever physically? Will my foot ever not be numb? Time will only tell. Um, but <sighs> for the uh, listen, I'm currently recording in um, Richmond, Virginia, which is a couple hours from where I current where I normally live. And I was playing a little uh, sneaky, conniving, mischievous, 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 mischievous. mischievous. I love that. Can we yeah, use that word? Mischievous. <laughs> mischievous game. I basically like hoodwinked my wife into getting in the car uh and and she slept because she always sleeps in the car she always sleeps in the car and Incredible. i knew she was asleep. and then basically an hour and a half in she woke up and she was like where are we going and i was like we're not going anywhere and then you know she found out we were going to visit family in richmond um so i am basically this sneaky sneaky character this week which uh, or mischievous which i'm gonna which you know thought of a different couple different ones but the one i landed on is rooster Oh, so good. Living on Easy Street, doing all those sneaky things. Oh, just being a little mischievous. Being mischievous, taking the lady with you. And now my, the consequences of being mischievous are having to record in the closet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Oh fun. my gosh, I uh, love that, Taylor. Yeah. Oh, I hope, I hope the sound has been good for you guys. But anyway, Rachel, who is your character this week? My character this week uh, is based off of our discussion, fits in that theme, um, and inspired, (laughs) really inspired by one particular song, so that's my favorite part, Um, and I, this week, have been literally resisting putting the pumpkin things near the front of my cabinet. (laughs) Like, I have a thing, a pumpkin, um, you know, what is it called? Canned pumpkin? And I have a pumpkin scented <laughs> candle yeah. and I have this and I, they're like inching closer and closer to <laughs> the front of my cabinet and I see them. Um, so I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for fall. So inspired yeah. by the one line in the one song, <laughs> <laughs> I am Carol King from beautiful. The Carol yes. King. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Winter, spring, summer or fall. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. Love it. Also, notably in the uh, Gilmore Girls theme song. So yeah. Also, Carol King in Gilmore Girls. So yes. Also that. Yeah. So yeah. So Wonderful. really, it's a win-win. Yeah, it is a win-win. I love that. Yeah. Every time I go to the grocery store now, it's like pumpkin spice Cheerios, and I'm like, really? Did we need this right now? <laughs> The answer is some of us are just resisting Taylor <laughs> working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love oh that. Gosh, well, if amazing. you guys would like to join in on our discussion on jukebox musicals or about your character of the week, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. If I could turn back time.
If I could find a way, I'm sure and I'm here to say. If I could turn. <laughs> it's too much for me. That's my share impression. Hope you guys love it. That's really good. I really liked that.